Economic apocalypse. Some headlines said this was just averted as the U.S. House approved a debt ceiling suspension. The Senate plans to stay in town until they pass the bill before the June 5th deadline, but still more worries about the economy. Economists look at trends, and the recent trends might indicate the U.S. economy is slowing down. Costco's CFO reporting last week it seems some customers are skipping expensive steaks and buying the cheaper cuts, chicken and pork. Macy's sales dropped 9% last quarter, and Dollar General said their customers are tightening belts, sending their stock down 20%. It feels like we've been sitting on the verge of a recession for a few years. One thing for sure. Prices are still high, with inflation sticking around. The one comfort I find is that Christ reminds us in Matthew 6 that our Heavenly Father knows His children's needs, and He promises to care for us, body and soul. Welcome to Haven Today here on a Friday. I'm Charles Morris, where we share the great story that's all about Jesus. And we're wrapping up a series today that we're calling The Gospel in Narnia. We began this week going back to the beginning, to the beginning of Narnia, but also to the very beginning, to Genesis, to creation. And today we go to the end, both of the Narnia series and the end of all things, when Christ returns and brings in the new heaven and the new earth. The last battle is the final story in the Chronicles of Narnia. For many readers, it's the most popular book of the seven, even surpassing The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe among avid fans for its insight and poignancy. To be honest, I'm not surprised. Where The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe gives a promise... The last battle sees that promise fulfilled. Many critics have observed that it may be the best testimony to C.S. Lewis's personal beliefs of all of his writings. For even in the midst of great darkness, a light bursts through with hope. Douglas Gresham, C.S. Lewis's stepson, who hosted the Focus of the Family radio theater adaptation of the Chronicles of Narnia. In the midst of great darkness, a shining light bursts through with hope. That's a great way to summarize what the gospel does for those who receive it by faith. That's the great thing about the Chronicles of Narnia. C.S. Lewis engages our imaginations to give us great pictures of the good news of Jesus. Won't you stay with me? We'll hear some more from the last battle, and we'll turn our eyes to Jesus through God's Word. Then, after this program, I'd like to send you the collector's tin with 19 CDs containing all seven books of the Chronicles of Narnia for your gift, a minimal gift, but more if you can send it, to help keep Haven today, not just on the station where you are, but preaching grace and the gospel of Christ around the world. C.S. Lewis wrote these books to help not just kids, but adults think more about the great story that's all about Jesus. As you listen, I believe it'll resonate with your faith in Christ and bring you great joy. All you need to do is call us after the program, and the number to call is 800-654-2836. We even answer our phone 24-7 on the weekend. That's 800-654-2836. Or if you can, go online and listen to some samples from the Chronicles of Narnia audio production. Make your gift there, then, at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And now let's begin this Haven Today with the Ball Brothers and Mercy Tree. On a hill. 
stands an endless mercy tree. Every broken, weary soul find your rest and be made whole. Straps of blood that stain its frame shed to wash away our shame from the scars. Pure love released, salvation by. Andrew and Daniel Ball, along with 
brother-in-law Chad McCloskey and Rhett Roberts from the album Dynamic Mercy Tree and the Ball Brothers here on Haven Today and a program called The Gospel in Narnia. We heard from Doug Gresham earlier that the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe gives a promise. But the last battle, the final book in Narnia, sees that promise fulfilled. Promise and fulfillment. A great way to read the great story of Scripture as well. I want us now to think about the end, when Christ returns, when he ushers in the new creation. And of course, the new creation has already begun for those who are in Jesus Christ. That's what we learn in 2 Corinthians 5.17. But there is more to come, and it's going to be far better than we could ever imagine. In the excerpt we're going to listen to in just a moment, followers of Aslan, who've gone through the door into another world after Narnia, make a startling discovery. It takes them a few moments to find their bearings, but once they realize where they are, they can hardly believe it. It still seemed to be early, and the morning freshness was in the air. They kept on stopping to look round and look behind them, partly because it was so beautiful, but partly also because there was something about it which they couldn't understand. Peter, where is this, do you suppose? I don't know. It reminds me of somewhere, but I can't give it a name. Could it be somewhere we once stayed for a holiday when we were very, very small? It would have to have been a jolly good holiday. (laughs) I bet there isn't a country like this anywhere in our world. Look at the colours. You couldn't get a blue like the blue on those mountains in our world. Mm. Is it not Aslan's country? Not like Aslan's country on top of that mountain, beyond the eastern end of the world. I've been there. We've been there. <laughs> if you ask me, it's like somewhere in the Narnian world. Look at those mountains ahead, and the big ice mountains beyond them. Surely they're rather like the mountains we used to see from Narnia, the, the ones up westward beyond the waterfall. Yes, so they are. Only these are bigger. Yeah. I don't think those mountains are so very like anything in Narnia, but... Look there, those hills southward, the nice woody ones and the blue ones behind. Aren't they very like the southern border of Narnia? Like? Why, they're exactly like... Look, there's Mount Pyle with its forked head and and there's the pass into Arkenland and everything. And yet they're not like them. They're different. They have more colours on them and they look further away than I remembered. Mm. And they're more... more... I don't know. More like the real thing. Hmm. Ah! Kings and queens! What is it, Farsight? We have all been blind. We are only beginning to see where we are. From up there in the sky, I've seen it all. Etin's Moor, Beaver's Dam, the Great River and Care Paravel still shining on the edge of the Eastern Sea. Narnia is not dead. This is Narnia. But how can it be? For Aslan told us older ones that we should never return to Narnia. And here we are. Yes, and we saw it destroyed and the sun put out. And it's all so different. The eagle is right. Listen, Peter. When Aslan said you could never go back to Narnia, he meant the Narnia you were thinking of. But, but, But that was not the real Narnia. That had a beginning and an end. It was only a shadow or a copy of the real Narnia, which has always been here and always will be here. Just as our world, England and all, is only a shadow or a copy of something in Aslan's real world. So, 
<laughs> so you need not mourn over Narnia, Lucy. Yeah. All of the old Narnia that mattered, all the dear creatures have been drawn into the real Narnia through the door. And of course it is different. As different as a real thing is from a shadow, or a waking life is from a dream. The surprise that awaited Aslan's friends, captured so vividly by focus on the family's dramatization of the story, Narnia has ended. But that was just a shadow and a copy of the real Narnia. Lucy was crying for the loss of Narnia, but then she was comforted by the fact that Narnia isn't really over at all. No, they were just beginning their journey into the real Narnia, the one that lasts forever. It really is shocking when you first realize what really awaits God's people in the new heavens and the new earth. The ancient promise will be fulfilled. Through the prophet Isaiah, God promised that there would be a new heaven and a new earth. Isaiah 65, 17. See, I will create new heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. So often, it's easy to think about the life to come as if it were just a vague, disembodied experience. That's what I love so much about C.S. Lewis as he describes life on the other side of Narnia or on the other side of this age, it's more real, more true, more exciting than anything we've ever experienced. In another book, C.S. Lewis describes visitors to heaven stepping out of a bus, and when they step out on the grass, it's so real it doesn't even bend. When they step on it, it pricks their feet. In fact, there is a weightiness and such a vividness to what awaits believers that it takes vivid descriptions that engage the imagination, which is one reason that the great pictures of the world to come are given to us through prophets like Isaiah and in the vision received by the Apostle John. Listen to how John described what he saw. Revelation 21. I'll share the first five verses with us. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying, or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. And then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. No more sea, something that represented chaos and death in the ancient world. What better way to describe the safety and security that awaits us when the world as we know it is over and done? The new city, like a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. If you can remember looking down the aisle, let's say you are married. Let's say you were the groom, and can you remember looking down the aisle and seeing your bride walking towards you on your wedding day? Can you catch a sense from that of just how glorious that day will be in the future for us? Well, let's listen again as C.S. Lewis explains this just a little bit more. And the unicorn home at last, leads the rest in what might be a favorite line from the Narnia series, further up and further in. Forgive me, but I'm still not certain that I understand. 
Think about it like this. You may have been in a room in which there was a window that looked out over a lovely bay of the sea mm-hmm. or a green valley that wound away among mountains. Mm-hmm. And in the wall of that room, opposite to the window, there may have been a looking glass. Mm-hmm. And as you turned away from the window, you suddenly caught sight of that sea or that valley all over again in the looking glass. Mm-hmm. And the sea in the mirror or the valley in the mirror were in one sense just the same as the real ones. Yet, at the same time, they were somehow different. Deeper, more wonderful, more like places in a story. In a story you've never heard, but very much want to know. The difference between the old Narnia and the new Narnia is like that. The new one is a deeper country. Every rock and flower and blade of grass looks as if it means more. And... and... Sorry, I can't describe it any better than that. (laughs) I have come home at last. This is my real country. I belong here. This is the land I've been looking for all my life, though I never knew it till now. The reason why we love the old Narnia is that it sometimes looked a little like this. Mm. Now may we stop talking and start moving again. (laughs) Come further up. Come further in. An excerpt from the Chronicles of Narnia's final book, The Last Battle. Doesn't it make you yearn for the new world when Christ will make all things new? Isaiah 40 says, Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. That, I believe, I have underlined or highlighted in every Bible I own. Isaiah 40, 30 through 31. A couple of years ago, I went for the very first time to Yosemite National Park with my wife, Janet. What would it be like to be able to run up to the top of Half Dome without even losing your breath? I can't even imagine it now, but in the new world coming, It's just going to be better than anything we've ever known. But I think what we'll all love best about the new creation is what Peter tells us in 2 Peter 3.13. But in keeping with his promise, we're looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. Jesus has dealt with our sin on the cross. And if we believe in him, we're free from all condemnation. But in that land, we'll be free from the sin that continues to cling to us on earth. We'll finally dwell face to face with our Lord, and He will wipe the tears of sin and suffering from our eyes, and we will dwell with Him in righteousness, and we'll get to do that forever. May I invite you today, if you don't know the Lord, to come to Him. If you're weary, you know you're a sinner. You know you're suffering in this world. Would you turn to him in faith? He will forgive you. He will bring you through the door with the rest of those who have trusted in him so that you can know the joy of his presence in a new world of righteousness and rest forever. And if you do believe in Jesus, if your faith is in him, can I encourage you today? He'll fulfill his promise. He will come again, and what you're suffering, whatever that is right now, cannot even begin to compare to the glory that's coming 
when he comes back. So often I forget this. I need this reminder every day, and I believe you do as well. Jesus is coming soon, and when he does, he'll take us up and further into the joy of the Lord forever. I think it's appropriate to end our time today in God's Word with Revelation 22, 21 and 22. He who testifies to these things says, Yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen. One day eyes that are blind will see you clearly. One day all who deny will finally One day hearts made of stone will break in pieces. And one day chains once unbroken. Salem, glory, on Haven Today in a program we're calling the Gospel in Narnia. It's been such a blessing to listen to excerpts from the radio drama The Chronicles of Narnia. We did it all week on our weekday program, and I'm so thankful that 
So many of you have reached out to us and supported our ministry over these days. An audio drama that's theater of the mind, perfect for road trips or driving to work or listening around the house. But more than that, I believe that C.S. Lewis wrote these stories for people like you and me. Sometimes we become too familiar with stories out of the Bible. So C.S. Lewis imagined the story of Jesus in a completely different world so we could better see truth, goodness, and the beauty of our Savior. And this spectacular series was recorded in London, cinema-quality sound, with an all-star cast of actors from both stage and screen. As you listen, I believe the truths you hear in these stories will resonate with your faith and bring joy to your heart. So for your minimum gift, more if you possibly can, I'm going to send you this special edition Collector's Tin with all seven original books of the Chronicles of Narnia, 19 discs, nearly 22 hours of enjoyment for you. And it's my thanks for your gift to this ministry. Why don't you call us right now? And we'll send you this gospel-centered entertainment. And I did say entertainment. Our number to call is 800-654-2836. 800-654-2836. Or visit us online and listen to samples from the production. And make your gift at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me as I pray your weekend will be special with Jesus. And we will return next time sharing together the great story that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. We all know someone who we thought is too far off, unsavable, hopeless, But in Mark 5, 5, we see a man living among the tombs, isolated, tormented by demons. They thought he was hopeless. But when he encountered Christ, everything changed. Jesus freed him from the demons and restored him to his right mind. No one, and I mean no one, is too far for Jesus to save. No matter how broken or lost we feel, Jesus can heal us and give us a new life. We don't have to live in darkness and isolation. Instead, we can hope and we can find freedom in Christ. Turn to Him and trust in Him to heal our wounds and restore our souls. Spend more time with Jesus. Visit GetAnchor.com.